Hello, you are listening to episode 56 of the Business of Making podcast. This week, we're talking about revenue streams for your business. Hope you enjoy it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvis, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. podcast is brought to you by the Business of Making's Email Marketing for Makers Workshop Bundle, the ultimate guide for starting, growing and making sales from your email list. Let us give it to you straight. Email marketing works. It's essential to growing a successful handmade business online. If you've never got your email marketing groove on, it can be overwhelming and complicated. Never fear though, we've outlined everything you need to know so you can harness the power of email marketing to grow your business. No more I'll get it done one day excuses. This three-part workshop series has been designed with you in mind, the maker, the creator, the risk taker. Each workshop is actionable and fluff-free. With dwindling organic reach on social media, you can't afford to let email marketing pass you by. It doesn't have to be overwhelming and just another thing you have to action. It can and should be a profitable marketing strategy. Get instant access to our no BS email marketing workshop now. Visit thebusinessofmaking.com slash workshops to change your business today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business of Making podcast. I'm Michaela, and I'm here with my co-host, Deb. Hello. And Jess. G'day, everyone. And this week, we have another fun episode for you. But before we jump into that, of course, I would like to give a little shout out to someone who has left left us a lovely review. It's a short and sharp and uh, concise one, which is what we love also from Mare Bear. 1978 her review says so helpful i love the advice given in this podcast if you have a handmade shop this podcast is for you love heart love heart love heart oh thank you thank you we love (laughs) reviews so if you are um yeah if you like the podcast and you would like to give us a review we would love to read it you can do that on apple podcasts or if you still have it and it's called iTunes, you could do it on that as well. <laughs> or basically uh, on our Facebook page. So you can go to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash Facebook. Is that correct? That'll take that wrong them to time. our group, which is even better. Okay, Come even and better. Join, yep. group. join the group. Join the group. Or just um, search for us on Facebook and we'll pop up. Yeah. yeah. Just let us know how you feel <laughs> about the podcast. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, so we love our reviews. Thank you so much to everyone who leaves a, us a review. We really appreciate it. It makes us feel loved and it helps us to keep delivering the podcast every week. So thank you. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to my friend Stacey, who is one of our patrons, who I just saw today, which will be a long time in the past by the time you guys are listening to this podcast. But she just said some really nice things about it and how much she's enjoying 
our approach to things that we are kind of no BS and just saying sometimes it's, I think she said something like sometimes it's really awesome but sometimes it's really crap and sometimes it's really hard and sometimes you know being realistic about that so yeah I know she listens every week so shout out Stace from Maxime Designs and um, yeah and that's really I think what we were trying to do here right is we were trying to be that be that real Mm. voice in the wilderness of everything is awesome yeah yeah and let me sell you some lies so you can make so much money (laughs) yeah so true so true uh yeah so this week i can't i guess it kind of follows on from that a little bit too what we're talking about this week um we want to talk about how you make money and if you are a handmade uh, maker and you sell your products, if that's all that you do, can you make enough money or what other ways can you actually bring in some revenue? So we're talking about revenue streams and alternative revenue streams and what is a valid way to make money as a person who makes stuff. Yeah, well, I think number one, we should get out of the way the idea that you're not successful if you're not, if you're not making a full-time living from your making, then somehow you're not successful. Yeah, that's bullshit. Let's just throw that out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we did an episode not long ago called mm. Smollering about that too, where we were like, mm. you know, it's not all about being full-time or making massive amounts of money. You get to define what success means. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you don't want to be full-time. Maybe you don't need to make heaps of money. Maybe you're quite happy with this being uh, part-time or one of a couple of revenue streams as we are going to be talking about or a couple of ways you make money and I, I you know honestly in this day and age I think that's just smart yeah mm. me too I think you can it's I mean well there's a couple of ways to look at it but I think you can really burn out if you're just doing one thing all the time even mm. if it's only let's say like a 38-hour work week even if you're just doing making and your business for that amount of time like I'm a bit bored <laughs> I needed Mm. a bit more variety than that. Um, But on the other side of that, I think if you're working part-time or full-time and then doing your business part-time or full-time on top of that, so you're just working 100% of the time, that's not good. So um, Mm. I think they could be inevitable for some people sometimes, but you don't want to camp out there for a long time. But that's not really what this episode's about. (laughs) Yeah, so we want to talk about other ways you can be bringing in revenue related to your handmade business and also potentially unrelated to it. Hmm. Yeah, and actually that's a good point. Maybe we should start by stating that, that it's okay and especially in the early stages where you're like, okay, I'm going ha- like, to, I want to make a full-time income eventually from this business, but at the moment I can't, it's mm. actually okay to get another revenue stream for something that's totally unrelated. As long as it helps you, you know, keep a couple of days free to work on your business or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, mm. I know I've done that for sure where I was working, stop working. I was calling it brain work, like actual corporate <laughs> consulting work and was doing like, um, you know, barista and bartending and I had like three hospitality jobs because it wasn't, I wanted to have that financial security to then when I was home, be able to work with my brains <laughs> on the actual business that. stuff. So you know, you have to do what works for you. And if that financial stability allows you to um, take more time doing things properly and not feel stressed and pressured by, you know, I need to put food on the table, um, Mm -hmm. then I think it's totally okay. Because I know we're going to cover like revenue streams related to what you actually make. But like, if it means getting a part-time job elsewhere, then, you know, go you and do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And some people even have, like I, I, one person that comes to mind is my friend Kath um, who had a shop called My Better Pigeon. She was a, or is a social worker and she had her, her social work job part-time and then her business really took off. But she always kept that job because she loved doing that as well. Like mm-hmm. she loved that that job and she loved her handmade business as well. And even though she financially she could have given up the social work job, she didn't want to. So she mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like that's great. Like mm-hmm. yeah. it's totally okay. I think too um, a lot of people have this thought that once they choose one, that's what they have to do forever. Mm-hmm. And then if they go back, that's what they have to do forever, which is just not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how it works. Like when I was doing my handmade jewellery or let's call it a uh, designed hand, hmm, not even hand, brain design jewelry, laser cut <laughs> <laughs> by machine. Um, you know, I've, I've got that on hold. I haven't done it for several years now, about four years I haven't done it for, but I haven't stopped. Like I, I don't, even though I'm working full-time at the university now, I know I'll come back to it eventually. So mm. it's not like I sort of went, oh, I have to stop that now because I'm doing my other business and now I've moved into also full-time work and research. Mm. That means I'm never going to do that again. No, like I'll come Mm. back to it eventually. So, yeah, I think people just need to realise that life is flexible. Like you can just pivot and come back around to it later. I think it has a lot to do with people trying to put other people in boxes too. Like it's it's easier for people to understand what you're doing and what you're about and for you to introduce yourself (laughs) when it's clear. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm a doctor. Okay, everyone knows what that is. Oh, I'm, you know, a marketing whatever in this corporation. Okay, cool. Uh, but when you're like, well, I do this and I also do that. And especially if they have nothing to do, like I'm a nurse and I'm also like a maker, people are like, mm. Mm, I don't really know where you are then. And I'm, you know, and I think it's changing. And I think the way we define work and all is definitely changing. But when you're doing different things, people definitely seem to be almost like they're like, well, which one is the side hustle? And you're like, well, they're 50, 50, mm. but yeah. they kind of want to know which one is your real, you know, with yes. between bracket there. Like I'm doing my little signs yes. with my fingers. <laughs> um, and which one is the the hustle? So it, it and it's weird, and it shouldn't have to be this way. So don't let yourself get caught in that because it's kind of like you, you can define your job as you want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is this idea that we have of defining ourselves by the work we do, which mm. is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. I read somewhere, or I heard somewhere. I can't remember. Um, but it was about instead of asking people like what they do when you're out anywhere you should ask them what they love or what they're interested in because mm. you get a vastly different answer and it's going to be a more interesting conversation mm. anyway <laughs> that's so a really I think good that's idea. a nice idea so yeah. true yes my so, uh, my latest thing sorry that's such a side note it's totally unrelated but my latest favorite <laughs> thing to ask is what podcast are you listening to ah, that's <laughs> that's a nice. well, then I, i'm like oh you're into that kind of podcast i yeah, see and then totally. i get new recommendations too and i'm like okay writing this down <laughs> i'm anyway, getting my students unrelated. to do that as part of oh, their so like cute. icebreaker in first year so i get them to say <laughs> what their degree is um and then i think i ask them what their hobby is but then what are they watching right now on whatever like netflix or yeah, yeah, whatever yeah um yeah it is really interesting because i think you learn way more about people about yeah stuff like that they're like i'm than... into crime podcasts and you're like oh really Ooh. okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see that whole true crime thing it's just totally missed me i'm like really so i love interested. it yeah love it. I, it scares me so much right, i love it <laughs> Um, okay, so but funny. back to the topic now, because I've totally yes. took us on a tangent. Sorry, <laughs> that's what we seem to do around here. But yeah, revenue streams related to your craft? Yeah, uh, sorry, I just wanted to take a <laughs> 
No, it is related. I promise. I promise. I think this is a really important question to ask yourself, actually. So I was talking to a maker recently and she used to be a teacher and she's like, her kids have been growing up, right? She started the business when her little one was, you know, born and she was on maternity leave, right? As so many people do. Mm-hmm. Business has gone really great. It's like full-time income. She's doing fantastic. Been doing it for a couple of years. Her second child is about to go back to school. So she's about to have this period where she finally has like days to herself again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, my maternity, I, you know, I managed to get another year off from my teaching because, you know, once you have a position, you can keep getting in Australia, you can kind of keep, you have like a family leave and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, but I, I really don't want to go back. <laughs> but, but the idea of letting go of that security is, is scary, even though she's really, her business is really successful and has mm-hmm. been for a couple of years. And then she was like, I could always go back and do relief teaching, you know, if I really had to and make a bit of money. And then this is the important part. Her and her husband did the maths on, okay, well, if I went back to work, we'd still have to put the kids in before and after school care and pay for that. And then all of this stuff. And she's like, I think we worked out we'd be like $200 better off every month if I had a full-time job. Yeah. And like, and she's like, that's just, I could sell a couple of things for that amount of money. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, well, that's yeah. kind of a no-brainer then, isn't it? I think it? that's such an important point that it really mm. isn't, like you really should do the numbers and not just let fear dictate whether you should yes. or shouldn't do something because yeah. it might not be as scary as you actually think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like for that amount of extra stress and work of going back to full-time teaching, yeah. it's just like, yeah, it just sort of blows your mind when you look at those sort of numbers. Totally. Yeah. So do that. Look at those numbers. When you're making these decisions, don't just don't just do it like off your gut. Actually sit down and do the do mm. the maths mm. yeah. and go, well, what situation would our family be in? What situation would I be in if I did this or if I did that? Yeah. And I think that's really helpful part of the process. I think it's a, actually I mm. think it's a necessary part of the process. It's totally necessary. It gives you clarity and it gives you a goal mm. too as like, what am I working towards, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and why are we doing this, this work that we're doing? Like, you know, maybe one of your jobs is the financial security one. And one of them is the passion project. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully you at least like to some extent <laughs> all of the jobs that you do or the work that you have. But I mean, you know, when Deb was a barista or whatever, I'm, maybe you loved it, but actually it was having a lot of fun. I mean, well, you there know, you go. Yeah, I was having a lot of fun. and But it's probably it not what you wanted to do forever. No, exactly. I knew it was like absolutely no. You would have told me you're going to do that for 20 years. I would have been like, oh, my God, no, please no. <laughs> like this is exhausting. It's actually exhausting. And it's like, you know, you have to be always this happy, bubbly person because people are there to be entertained yes. and it's hospitality. You've got to be hospitable. Like you leave your problem at the door. Um, it's actually like respect to everyone that does that as a career. It's really, really draining, yeah, crazy uh, hours. Yes. Like good luck trying to see your friend. Like mm-hmm. I was working in a cafe at 6am every morning and then at night till like midnight or one. So like wow. first I didn't sleep, but in the day, like it's just wasn't <laughs> okay. for me, you know, long term, yeah, yeah. but I had fun. And then it, I knew it was time to let go. And, and the transition worked fine because I did the numbers mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, actually I can do that. It's a step back for a couple of months, but I should be able to bounce back after that. So yeah, clarity in the numbers. Totally. And, I, I, and I knowing what to, you want to. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Mick. Um, I also just want to give a shout out to the people who are thinking long-term because I think this is something that a lot of people do is they don't think long-term about these decisions necessarily. Even people starting a handmade business, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, if you're not planning on doing this in five years' time, just don't bother because it'll take you <laughs> 
a yeah. few years to really build it up to the point where you're, you know, making a decent income from it. Unless, of um, course, you just want it as a hobby. Then that's Yeah, fine. but that's, that's But if fine. you want to actually make full-time thing. income and you're yeah, yeah. not going to do mm. it in five years, then mm. it's yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. not worth pursuing. N- not worth the 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 effort perhaps um yeah of putting into it but those people who are like yeah like i really love this thing and i've got this full-time job but either i'm going to retire or i'd like to change careers or whatever and so they're starting this thing now and doing the work to build it up and, and gi- giving it a couple of years i think that's incredibly smart yeah financially yeah. and just yeah for other reasons as well i agree we should have done an episode just on that as well, actually, just like the transition. Didn't we? I feel like we have that. We've yeah, had that we, conversation. We, we talked about how we transitioned. Yeah, we yeah. talked about we how we transitioned and I can't remember the episode number. Maybe we can find it, put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really was more about that our stories. It was about like how to plan for that. And, and, and I think we were all agreeing that having another revenue stream that's not your handmade shop for a bit is yeah. probably the safest um, situation to be in. Episode 11. Oh, there we go. Oh, that was a long time ago. She's good at this. Full time. <laughs> Every time we mention that, Michaela just gets this glazed look and she's like looking for the previous episode. <laughs> she's like opening that spreadsheet. <laughs> I am on the it. master spreadsheet. I know. Um, I'm for the show notes. All right. So, so what about your shop though? What about if mm-hmm. you want to have different revenue streams Within inside your own, yeah. what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inside yeah, well, like related to what you're making. I mean, there's so many. Shall we try and go through some examples from a few different like niches of, you know, sure. different types of products? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with sewing. If you, if you sew clothes or whatever, what mm-hmm. might go with that? Teaching. Teaching how to sew stuff. Selling patterns. patterns. Selling patterns, really good. Digital files, beautiful. Yeah. And if you're selling those digital files, selling them on different platforms. Mm-hmm. But I know we're all thinking, when, I, when we say that, usually it's like, oh, Etsy or your own website, but there's heaps more. Like there's probably a website where you can actually just sell patterns that are just for crafters. Um, and so I think you need also to look at all those different platforms where you can sell mm-hmm. those things. I think, yeah, the number one thing you can do no matter what your craft is, is actually sell on multiple platforms. Yeah. So, you know, don't get stuck in this, oh, I sell on Etsy, that's all I have to do. Mm. Like consider selling on multiple marketplaces, especially in the mm. beginning. Consider, like obviously you're only going to have one of your web, your own website, you're only going to have one of them, but there's no reason why you can't actually sell on multiple different marketplaces like Amazon Handmade, um, Etsy here in Australia that's made it, not on the high street in, in the UK. Um, there's heaps of them. Mm. Like totally. just look I think, around and try um, that. I think that's a really good tip until you start getting overwhelmed with all the yes. different places. So just mm. know where your limit is and what you can mm. keep track of. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like as soon as you start going, holy shit, I just sold something that I don't have any of because I didn't, I wasn't tracking it or whatever. Mm. That's when you might need to pull back a little bit and work out your systems and processes a little bit yeah. more. Great point. Um, yeah, because we don't want to say definitely be on 17 different things. <laughs> but then people are like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. So you should also uh, yeah. have another job because you got all that free time, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happened to me. When I first started, I was on like five or six different marketplaces mm. because I just literally wanted to get sales yeah. and I wanted to get eyeballs on my work. And then over time, they I dropped off. Like I, I left that one because it's not doing so well. And then I left that other one yeah. because I just couldn't keep up with updating them all and you know Mm. all that sort of stuff so I don't think it's something you perhaps going to want to do long term but in the first maybe few years it Mm. might be a good way to get some more money coming in the door yeah hey there maker are you loving this podcast as much as we love bringing it to you 
If so, we would love to talk to you about supporting us on Patreon. Becoming one of our patrons is a way to support the show and to help us produce it each week. You can help for as little as $1 a month and you get access to behind the scenes, extra content we won't share anywhere else, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. To learn more, simply go to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. And now back to the show. So seamstress, um, is that the example we're going with? Yeah. Mm. So there was teaching, which could be online or offline, as in like in your community, maybe there's uh, workshops that you could organize, mm. um, selling on different platforms, selling digital files. So on top of your products, the actual patterns, mm-hmm. um, you could sell, um, you could actually do alterations as well. I was about to say that, yeah. <laughs> right. And can people do that more? Because I'm always like on the look, like I can't fix my jeans and stuff. Like I tried and Dave I have a sewing machine, services. but like I do a bad job of it. Like you should see me on a sewing machine. It's kind of like, it's not pretty. Like it, it yeah, works, but that. it's not neat. You know what I'm I mean? The like same, it's, I'm the same. Just get it done. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. So yeah. And I, I find it harder. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like when I was growing up, there was more, of that around mm. and now you kind of like have to really look around to someone that can actually do alteration mm. people just throw stuff away and buy new stuff i think that's so mm. sad that's like true. you know i don't know my, I remember my parents always saying like they used to just keep the same socks and just like if there was a holes you you would i don't know you would just fix it where if i have a mm. hole in my sock no, no i'll just throw it away like yeah <laughs> i wouldn't go as far as going to someone for alteration on my socks but anyway yeah, so services as well. You could definitely mm. do that. Or costume for kids for all the stuff that's going on at school. So many ideas. Yeah, so many things in your local community as well that's not necessarily online. Uh, I, think craft so, I think we need to um, specify here that those things that we're mentioning, um, you don't want to get into the trap of just adding more services that are going to take you mm. the exact same amount of time and take away from your actual designing and sewing of whatever it is yeah. that you sell. Mm-hmm. So you, when you are diversifying, I think you really need to look at um, things that maybe don't take your expertise or not expertise, but like brain expertise mm-hmm. rather than technical skill, maybe, um, but that you can sort of pump out quickly. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. more like utilize the skill that you have, but don't take away from the time that is, the stuff that only you can do. I didn't say that very well, but I think yeah, you know no, what but I, mean. I know what you mean. And it also actually made me think about another angle to look at. That is okay. I want to add revenue stream, and it's like why? So is this mm. because I need cash flow now so that I can reinvest in whatever a better camera? I want to take my pictures, or I want to hire someone to do my website, or whatever. In which case, you might want to do something like um, the alteration thing because it's kind of like put your name out there in your community, get clients and get that going. But if you want to go into something that's a long-term revenue stream that you want to have mm. on the side, like long-term, I also I want to have my shop, but I also want to be teaching classes. That's not going to be instant, very likely. Like, yes, there are platforms where you can become a teacher online, like Skillshare and all of those um, websites where you can teach and get customers, but it's not instant. Like, it's not like next month you're making an extra thousand mm. or two thousand a month, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think you have to think about it strategically as, as in like, what's the goal for this and which yeah. revenue stream work for that goal? Like, what am I actually trying mm. to do here? Also with, with those things that we were just talking about, it's still you finding the customers 
and mm-hmm. that's not very efficient. So if you're trying to just add another revenue stream, like for sort of instant money sort of thing. Mm. So going back to the workshop thing, if you can find some like other organisation that is looking for instructors, mm. that's where you want to try and be because then they yeah. find the customers for you and you're just getting paid for your time. So yeah, that's, good, that's good probably, point. yeah, because you've got to think about all like all these extra uh, revenue streams that we can do, they're all labour intensive if we're doing the exact same thing for our business and then the extra thing on the mm. side. So it's like if mm. you have to find the customers, then you also have to market. It's just like doubling your business effort without yeah. actually getting that revenue straight away. So trying to sort of, um, I guess, you're actually trying to find a middleman rather than be the middleman. So, mm. for example, wholesaling, you know, you you give your goods to a shop and they have the customers. So it's like adding that middleman in that you don't have to do all of the legwork yourself. Mm. Mm. You do have yeah. to go and find them and pitch to them and all of that. Yes, though. but it's like one to sell yeah. to many rather yeah. than yeah. selling to True. many in the first place. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that's why like, it's a good thing if you can to kind of leverage the customer base you already have. Yeah. So if there's sure. a way to, to just use the customer base and the marketing channels you already have to bring in another revenue stream, then that's kind of a no Yeah, that's now. ideal really. So, yeah. but again, like if we're talking about, um, you know, if you're selling clothes and you're doing patterns and whatnot, like are the people that are going to buy the handmade clothes the same people who are going to buy a pattern to make it because they might not be mm. the same target market mm. exactly, but within your existing customer base, you might have those two target markets already. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all like kind of, deep level <laughs> getting into it kind of stuff but it is mm. something that you can sort of think about before diving into a billion mm. different things but the point one of the things about that is that they might not be the same customer but they'll probably enjoy the same sort of um marketing material so you know think about instagram someone who wants to buy an original piece of artwork off somebody just to switch niches versus someone who'll buy a print with from them they're going to enjoy the exact same content on instagram yeah they're just coming mm-hmm. at it from a different direction personally mm-hmm. yeah they're going to like seeing your pictures they're going to like seeing you doing stuff mm-hmm. behind the scenes they're going to you know so there's no re- there's no problem there you're still Correct. marketing yeah to mm-hmm. two different potential customers but they're going to enjoy the same thing so it's okay yeah so i guess what i'm saying is just try and avoid getting a completely different customer who's looking for completely different stuff because that's just going to mean more work yeah and that's again it's a long-term strategy like this is something you want to invest time in so that in the long term you do have those extra revenue but it's Mm. definitely not like a short like a quick fix quick cash flow Mm. fix yeah totally (laughs) shall we go through a couple of other um sort of product examples because i we kind of <laughs> went yeah. through yeah, the Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna find the same revenue streams come back. Yeah. But yeah, um, mm. well, it's like artists. Like I'm a, I'm so jealous of artists. Can I just like visual artists? Mm. Like you illustrators. Guys. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Mm. <laughs> because you make something and then you can sell it in like a gazillion different formats. Yes, yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's get into that then. Then and you can license your artwork. Yes, I was gonna say there's you? okay custom like a story short and illus- like illustrator pattern artist. I don't know. You just make stuff graphically or with mm. paint. Doesn't even really matter if it's first paint or first illustrator. <laughs> you make some sort of art. Two um, D art. <laughs> You can sell the original, you can sell print on demand, which means everything that can be printed on from your pillow to your phone case to your notebooks, which actually can be quite overwhelming as well because it's kind of like, okay, how many different products am I going to (laughs) offer? 
Oh, I can Sorry, get... Dem, it sounded like you said fun case, but I realized you said phone case. Is that what, maybe I said that. Up. You know, I've been doing that a lot. What did I say in the previous episode? Um, chill down. Is that what I said? Yes, yes. Chill down, like which I have reused today with Nick oh. in the conversation. I was talking about something in a podcast and I was like, this guy needs to chill down. And Nick was like, oh God, here we go. And then I did on... the hashtag. We got to start the hashtag. I did that so much on Instagram a couple of days ago as well. I wanted to say either jar or jug and I said jag <laughs> and I was just like what is wrong like so I'm sorry guys that's what my brain does <laughs> I think it was just your accent but yeah so maybe like, and that's like your case I like it but yes there's so many and I think it, it can get overwhelming and like especially if you do a print on demand where you don't actually have to the products don't have mm. to come to you at all people order from your website and it goes straight to them kind of thing from the print mm-hmm. place um, fantastic. But again, in terms of your business model, you need to be careful that you're not um, like diversifying so much that your brand is diluted. Like you want mm-hmm. to be known for sort of one, well, not one, but you know, you want to be known for specific stuff. So I think it's really easy to just go, oh my God, I can get my stuff on everything. And then it's just <laughs> a bit, you go a bit crazy and there's then too much choice. And when a customer comes to your website, they're like, there's too much choice and they're paralyzed by choice and then they leave. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. You gotta be careful. That, that is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I guess the only reason you might want to offer as a lot of options is if you're really branded yourself as an artist, as in yes. like, mm. yes, my design is this one. Where do you want it? Do you want it on exactly. your or do yeah. you want a hoodie or, you know, but it has to be in a way that's like the artist is the core of the brand. Like it's more of a personal yes. brand. Yeah. So they're buying the art on different things, not yeah. so much just buying a different thing with. Yeah. Mm, yep. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Um, so if you're trying to stay with this example and other revenue stream, so obviously digital Teaching. files plus you can also sell non-digital files like your actual paintings. Do not sell them for the same price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, and then teaching, yeah, teaching. absolutely. Te- teaching art, teaching design. And again too, like you could do your own workshops, in which case you can make a lot more money, but you have to go through finding people, customers yeah. for that. Or you can work with an organisation who's looking for an instructor and, you know, get paid hourly. Yeah. It's really doable. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, there's so many, but right now the only name that comes to mind is Skillshare. But I'm like, there is so many more. I just can't oh, right yeah, now. I was I'm thinking like out. in real life, like, you know, we mm. have an art center here who are looking for instructors oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. But yeah. yeah, online, that's a great idea too. Online and offline. Yeah. So mm. that's two revenue streams for you right there. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> just yeah I mean, I've been hired by like libraries, by councils, yeah. like to give talk, business talks and stuff. So yeah. there's all sorts of things out there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you could even do, you know, through government departments, team bonding days mm. where you go into an office and teach people how to do whatever, you know. Yeah. Like for there's, somewhere that does paint and sip classes. Yeah. There's mm. just so many possibilities. Um, what else can you do? Custom work, of course. So mm. actually, you know, freelancing, um, whether it's product packaging, illustration, vector design, whatever it is that you do, some people might need, might like your style of because you would probably have like a certain aesthetics or something that's in your art that comes back often and if people like that they could work with you on a one-on way you know one-on way what (laughs) one-on-one base (laughs) one-on-one way see i did it again shortcut (laughs) one-on way about Um, tattoo flash (laughs) so yeah tattoo flash yeah Yeah. you could could do tattoo flash oh it took me what's what's tattoo flash that's the art for tattoos like uh, where multiple people can get one 
thing. It's already already designed, like it's not custom yeah. design. It's already done and you can choose it and then get that. Yeah. It's not a custom tattoo. It's a t- it's an illustration that's designed for tattoo that someone can just walk into the shop and point out and say, I want that on me. Oh, okay. Illustrated. See, I'm not cool enough to know enough about <laughs> tattoos, although I do have a tattoo, but. I don't know. have one. Do you, Deb? I do. Secret. It's hidden. Oh, it's, it's I know small. Michaela does. But Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, is that something you can share on a podcast? Yeah, yeah it's totally private. <laughs> no, no, it's not private. It's behind my ear because oh. I actually kind of forget all the time I have it. Um, it was one of those, you know, it was my birthday and it was a 12-12-12 and I was just like, I got a tattoo for that. And anyway, it's a stupid thing that I did with a friend. So um, what is it of? Uh, it's like the, it's like, it's really just a graphic. Like it's just little kind of, it looks like a, either a line or a wave. Like there's different things. Oh, yeah. It's really a graphic mm-hmm. thing. It's kind of like the elements. Cool. Um, cool. yeah, I forget I have that until someone talks about title and I'm like, oh yeah, I've got one of those behind my hair. I can never see it. <laughs> okay. So illustrator, what else did we not mention? Oh yes. Okay. Marketplaces. Oh yeah. Like creative. Creative market, uh, market, Graphic River, yeah. all of those places. I mean, yeah. if you're a graphic designer, God, you could do, you know, templates for anything, posters, brochures. You could create typefaces and sell those. Like, yeah. There's just so much you can do. When I hear that, I'm like, my God, I should totally have done that in the past. Oh, no, I like, no. saw funny. But it didn't yeah. exist. Yeah, like, it wasn't we as were, big. Yeah. yeah, when we were yeah. wanting to do that. <laughs> Seems so obvious now and, yeah, anyway, would have been such a better way much mm. bigger now so I think it's harder to make you know good cash but you could definitely get mm. recurring mm. passive revenue once the thing is designed you put it up there and you know yeah. get a few dollars every week or also for freelancing and custom work if you're like again there's a strategy behind it. it's like is this a long-term long-term thing I want to do so I want to build my own portfolio on my own website blah 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 or do I quickly want a project this month because I need a few, like I need an extra 500 bucks, in which case you could sign up for something like Upwork, uh, Upwork, <laughs> Upwork. <laughs> oh my God, the or accent Fiverr. today is really bad. Fiverr, uh, freelancer.com or something like that. Anyway, there's platforms that already have a demand. That's the point. Mm. It's like yeah, going somewhere where there's already people with projects and they want to work with artists and they want to work with you and you go on there so that you can find clients quickly. So that's, mm. that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so if we go back to um, like product, physical products, mm-hmm. what other um, what other things could people do? Like besides the, we've talked about workshops, we've talked about like digital downloads, I guess, or instructions, teaching. Mm. Um, They're kind of the staples. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's live events, which we haven't mentioned mm. once, and that's kind of big. By the way, we have an awesome, awesome, if I do say so myself, series on this <laughs> in the <laughs> podcast where we did a few episodes just on that. So if you're looking into getting Michaela's started with selling again. online, <laughs> she's okay, looking for the podcast know. number, you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Meek. I think um, there's three of them. Yeah, there's three of them. And it was really to help it. you get ready for the live market live market where do i say live of course it's live it's a market like it's a real life event live like a replay of a market it's a dream it's a dream doesn't exist so if you want to get into craft market yeah it's a great series how to prepare for it how to actually not feel awkward and sell during it and i can't remember what the third one was on we have how to prepare for handmade markets and craft shows episode 39 we have How to Sell More at Handmade Markets and Craft Shows, episode 42. And it might have been a two-part system series. I'm sure there was a third it one. It might have been another one. 
Um, we'll put it in the show notes if we yeah. figure out what yeah. that is. Or you can just go back and listen to the whole back catalogue of the which podcast. Which you should anyway. Which you should. Let's Everyone go. loves binging the podcast. So get <laughs> yeah, into that. that's true. Hmm. So, yeah, those are kind of, I think we've covered, I can't really think of anything else that people could be, oh, Michaela. Okay, so I've thought of something that some people will not agree with at all, um, which is totally fine because you, <laughs> you do what works for you. But um, mm. one strategy is to, if you have your handmade product, you can also sell items that you have not made that complement that so for example my friend sells candles she also gets um like the candle putter outerers what are they called the little silver things that <laughs> oh, go... oh my god i was like what yes little yeah they look like a bell snuffers? are they called yeah, snuffers or something yeah. like that i feel like yeah. that's like a isn't snuff film like a porn thing yeah anyway, that's bad wrong thing yeah, different thing anyway. a candle is how you say it okay so when, when yeah. anyway those little silver things but also um like oil burner she doesn't make the oil burners because she makes the candles and the melts but she orders those in wholesale like they're not handmade mm-hmm. um and she sells them as a compliment so it's like an upsell so mm-hmm. that is definitely something that you could do if you hand make mm-hmm. something and you have your your core product something that complements that that is mm. a like a cheaper item that's an add-on and an upsell, then you could definitely do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not concerned about the whole keeping it all handmade element. Exactly. Which, which some people are, are and that's fine, yeah. but some people aren't. And they just they, you know, that's totally fine too. It's not an issue. Yeah. So you just figure out where you are in that spectrum and go with what you want to do. Yeah. Indeed. That's a great uh, point actually, Mick. Thanks because I wasn't thinking of that and it's great. No, well, I didn't think point. of it until I did. And then I did and then I said it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's briefly touch. Yeah, let's just briefly touch on other things like you know Uber. I don't know, become an Uber driver. Oh yeah, sure. Like yes, I, <laughs> I was like, what else do we need to touch on? Um, yes, stuff that's not related to yeah. your business. Uh, just yeah. something that's completely. I'm a uni teacher. <laughs> that's completely unrelated. Um, yeah, just a side job. Anything you like. What else is the, what is there? Barista, obviously. Yeah, barista, make some um, fancy coffees. (laughs) I gave my one of my students some advice just recently because she is trying to get into graphic design. Obviously, that's what she's studying, but her job currently is as a sales consultant with a company, a telecommunications company or something. Um, And I was saying to her, if she wants to do freelance full-time, that's totally cool. It's going to take a long time to build up because it's running a business. Freelancing is Mm. running a business. Mm. So it's probably not wise to drop the job straight away and go try and go straight into it. So, so it's like, you know, the whole transition thing, exactly what we were just talking about and what the previous episodes were on, um, doing it gradually. But I said to her, it's probably a good idea to actually ditch the sales consultant job and find something that's a little bit more mindless. I think we mm. might have talked about this before too. So mm. she can, because she wants to focus on the design. So yeah. to be able to do that, you can't, really you know spend yeah. eight hours at a job that takes a lot of brain power already and then mm. switch over and be creative it's really difficult so yeah. if you are going to have a side job if you have a choice not everyone has a choice but if you do have a choice mm. in what that is i would suggest doing something that doesn't take a lot of brain power that mm. you can sort of just switch off afterwards and it doesn't occupy mind too much yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, definitely keeping space in your mind and not adding to like the mental load of everything you yeah, have in that load. other job. Yeah, mm. that's that's what I had with the hospitality thing because it was such a different thing from tuning into marketing online and all of that stuff that I, 
I was excited to do that on my free time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if I had to be working still like a consulting job or whatever, and you do that for eight hours and then you go home and you're like, oh, now time to work on my own marketing plan. I would have been just like, no, I don't feel like it. Yeah. And that's what I'm experiencing right now. Like I can't, I literally cannot function brain-wise after 8 p.m. I'm like, now my rule is no Netflix because I know if I don't watch Netflix and I can get heaps of stuff done, but not in the job that I'm currently in, it just doesn't work. Yeah, brain switches off completely. So yeah, totally know what it's all about. Mm. I think uh, depending on how tech-savvy you are and, like, Mm -hmm. your relationship with computers, like, if you hate them, maybe not. But if you are... Uh, moving from a position where you had to work with computers and all of it, like, you know, you can work from home doing things like virtual assistant and getting, you know, you could even become the virtual assistant of another successful online online shop and kind of learn what they're doing through that. Mm-hmm. Be honest, of course, and definitely don't go and work for your computers. And then, you know, <laughs> six months later I go, oh, by the way, I'm doing this thing. But, you know, you could, you could sort of make money from um, home doing that kind of stuff as well. And it's, it's, it's a good way to get some cash in while you're working on your, on your, oops, sorry. It's kind of, <laughs> if I malfunction. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Technical problem here. Mm. Um, but yeah, yes. so that's another, not really related to your handmade shop, but way to make money. Mm. Yeah. Please don't do the whole work for someone and then go start up a semi-competitive business because somebody did that to me and that was not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not fun for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure that if like an online shop that's successful selling like ceramics, you were approached by someone that says, Hey, I'm actually a seamstress. I'm, I'm starting my handmade shop, but I'd love to help you with like, you know, your listings or whatever, your social media or whatever you need help with. Um, while I get going, I'm sure that person would be like, Oh, of course. And you would learn so much, uh, by doing that as well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground in this episode. Um, there's obviously like we, we could go into really specific examples for every single niche, but they're all, they all follow a similar vein of, you know, sort of mm. different categories, I guess, that they could fit into of different um, types of revenue you could bring in. I think the main thing that we want to get across here is that it's totally fine to have any sort of other revenue coming in, whether it's you trying to diversify your own offerings or whether it's taking another job, like taking a mm. outside employment. That is completely fine, especially if you are um, under any pressure to actually have income in your family situation or whatever it might be. Don't put don't don't dig yourself into a massive hole just trying to sell your own stuff if Mm. you're going under financially that's not worth it ever so um there's no guilt and no shame in taking any any sort of other job to be able to get that income that you need um and even if you're not under financial pressure if you just need some sort of other outlet that is something different to what you're doing that's totally fine you know that the world is a changing. We don't have to be in our boring nine to five office jobs to be successful. I think we all know that now, hopefully. But <laughs> a lot of people don't and they don't uh, they don't get it and they don't understand. So hopefully we're going a little bit of the way to um, get the idea out there a little bit more and make it a bit more common and mainstream for people to be doing different stuff. Definitely. For whatever it is that they want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, so. Great sum up. I mean, <laughs> that was really good. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Nodding along here. Yeah, nodding, like, we'll nodding. Marry it. Thanks, yep. guys. Thanks. I practiced every day. Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you all out there so much for listening to our podcast. We can't do it without you and we definitely cannot do it without our patrons. Thank you so, so much for all of our co-producers from as little as $1 per month. You could also be a co-producer of the show. Just go to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash supporters i think there's a link there i always say the wrong bloody links but anyway you will be able to get there from that link um or otherwise go to patreon.com forward slash t-bomb t-b-o-m and you can check out all the um extra little fun things that you can get as uh, a co-producer of the show that's it for this week thank you so much for being here we love you guys for listening and we'll talk to you again later bye Another one soon. Oh, really? yeah. Very exciting. What um, are you getting? Are you so, not going to share? Oh, <laughs> there's too many to share. Okay. <laughs> I've got, well, I've got, this is a side note. We might want to not <laughs> include this. <laughs> Maybe I can cut this bit out. Bloopers. Um, I have Raphael on my arm, which I've had since he was one, and I don't have Harriet anywhere yet. Oh, so no. I'm going to get Harriet, <laughs> and I'm going to get something for John, but not his name because that's vetoed. And um, yeah, that's like asking to get a divorce. I isn't know it? that's what he reckons. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> oh, we're stuck together now. But anyway, um, and also, like, if I had tons of money, I would have sleeves by now. Like, mm. I really mm. like tattoos a lot. But um, yeah, I have some ideas. For yeah, they are pretty expensive, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, pretty expensive. Mm. Mm. Anyway, shall we get back into it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ivy, for the little <laughs> blooper. <laughs> we got on a tangent for way too long. Um,